Welcome to another episode of The Student Manager. It is an honor to be sitting with Modern Day Class of 2019. I've known her since she was a little young one in Indian Princess, Sophia Cheramani, who's home from Colorado Springs and the Air Force Academy. Welcome. Thank you so much for having me, Mr. Fong. Like I asked you before, did you really think you were ever going to be on this podcast? No, honestly, no. <laughs> I saw like a couple, like, what was it, class of like 2018 or 2017ers. And no, I never thought I'd be asked to <laughs> be on this podcast. And now that you are going into your senior year, there's m- much more real life raw stories and experiences that you can share with my audience because ultimately the goal of the student manager is to help high school students and parents with the search and admission process. And you are the first from the Air Force Academy. Not that many people, (laughs) right? First of all, can I can't recruit that many people from the Air Force Academy, (laughs) not to mention West Point or, or Army to even come on my podcast. So honored and privileged. Thank you. There's not, there's not very many of us. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So uh, let's tell all the followers and listeners, like, what's the one thing, because everyone goes, Oh, I want to go to the Air Force Academy or Naval Academy. I actually wanted to be a pilot for Delta Airlines when I was younger, Oh, really? but my friend got the nomination and he also played soccer. I'm like, there's no way. That's right. Sean Heritage, if you're out there, Harry, I call him now he's like writes books and he's a captain because you guys are very successful. But as soon as I knew that he got the nomination. I said, there's no way I'm going to be able to get to the Naval Academy and I can't be a pilot. And probably my grades weren't good enough. So, but if there's one thing that you really don't like about the Air Force Academy, (laughs) what would it be? She's thinking, you don't have to phone a friend if you don't want to. I, (laughs) I think the one thing, well, I mean, there's, there's a lot of things, but one that I would love to see happen, and it, it will in the future, will be the ratio of men to women. Um, it's about 27% females. Okay. And I'm a, I'm a business major. And in my classes, some of my classes, I'm the only female in class. And it's been so normalized in my mind and my other classmates' mind that it, it, it doesn't even become like a, a thing we talk about anymore. It just becomes a joke. And... It's not a joke. Like, it, it sucks. And I, that's just, I would love to see it become close to 40, 60, or even 50, 50, or even 60, 40 one day. I think that would be my ultimate dream. But, um, and one other thing I think I would really change is our honor code. That's, that's something that I heavily believe needs to change. And it's, creating people in our military that I don't want to be around. It's we will not lie, steal or cheat nor tolerate among us anyone that does. In that last portion about tolerating other people really just grinds my gears because it instills this culture of tattling on your fellow classmates for issues that you need to work out within themselves and it really just creates this culture that I don't want to be a part of. And if I could just drop that, I think I would. All right. So let's, you you said two things, because I think this is what students and parents want to know, even if their kid is going to go to an Air Force, Naval, Army, right? Or if they don't want to go. Mm-hmm. So the ratio, because there are schools where people think of, oh, it's 50-50, you know, 
male, female, or they go to Arizona school or College of Charleston, it's like 70% females yeah. compared to 30% males, right? So did you know that going in? And when you're sitting in the class, obviously it's a norm now, but I mean, it's all males. I mean, first of all, it's rare, you're special, but do you feel any different? No, I honestly don't, especially my business classes. It feels a little weird, especially like for some of my like marketing classes. We'll talk about issues that are veered towards women and my teacher will turn to me. It's like, oh, Sophia, as a girl, how do you feel about seeing like provocative marketing um, like advertisements? And I'm like, well, like, don't just ask me like I, like stuff like that. Um, you easily become a target for right. um, just like perspectives. And sometimes it's helpful, but sometimes I think it's just a little insensitive and it, it creates a lot of issues, um, especially with respect, because there are a lot of people at the academy that do come from the South or do come from different backgrounds and cultures where they typically may not respect women or they don't see them in a leadership role. And I've had to deal with a lot of underclassmen because I've had a lot of higher leadership roles or I've had lower classmen boys that just don't see women in those roles and they don't respect what they have to say and they don't take you seriously. And that's a big issue I've seen and I've seen other people go through it and it sucks. <laughs> like it truly sucks. So it's something you definitely have to learn and work around. And we talked about this before. So those of you that are following and listening, I didn't know there's five honor codes, right? Uh, are, five are, types of probation. Five types of probation. So why don't we go through all five? <laughs> okay. So what's, is it in any order? Um, we can just go in order of the most cases. So. Okay. <laughs> these are the most common. Yeah. She's like giving me the eye like these are the ones that most people are going to be on code. Okay. Yeah. So let's, number one is... <laughs> Honor probation. Um, I've been on that one. Actually, no. The number one is academic probation. Um, I've been on that one. Um, well, you just said you've been on. Okay, we're going to talk about it. Academic, yeah. <laughs> Sophia Chiamani here. <laughs> academic probation is number one. Yes, I think that's the most common. And it's, um, I think it's the, the least egregious because you still have most of your rights as a cadet. You still get to wear your civilian clothes. You can still go off base. Um, you can still do what you need to do. And there's no set timeline um it's just until you get off well i'm gonna ask you what gets you on academic probation under a under a 2.0 or like multiple um deficient grades as in f's so the minimum graduation requirement for graduating the academy is a 2.0 and if you're below that or near that um they usually put you on academic probation to get you back on track I'm going to set the record straight because a 2.0 at Air Force Academy is like a 3.0 anywhere for you guys that are going to the fancy <laughs> grand colleges, state universities, UCs, all the big schools uh, because of the rigor. Yes, because we have military and academic and we have all these other leadership courses that we have to do on a day-to-day -day basis. And so grad schools and medical schools... Um, all look at our GPAs and they add one whole point because they know how difficult and hard our lives are. So, um, yeah, like a 2.0 is really like a 3.0. All right. So under a 2.0 academic probation. So that would be in a normal world under a 3.0. So academic probation, uh, most common, 
Uh, you still have, I love how you said you still have cadet rights. You can wear, <laughs> you know, clothes and et cetera. What's number two? Honor probation. And I was also on this one. Um, this one has a bit of a harsher punishment. Uh, six months of not being able to leave base. You're restricted to the cadet area. You can't even go to the bowling alley. You can't go to our on-base bar. Um, you can only wear a, um, issued uniform. You cannot have any civilian clothes whatsoever. You're, you're technically not even allowed to sleep in civilian clothes. Um, it's ridiculous. Um, you're stripped away of your cadet rank. We're all given ranks by our class year and by jobs, and you're not allowed to have any rank and you wear it on your shoulder or in the middle of your chest. And so when you go to class, um, or every day your classmates can see that, you, you know, are. if you're on yes. honor, it's like a public shaming thing. That's one thing that, um, made the probation a bit hard. It seems like such a small thing, but having everyone around, you know, that you are on probation for something that you made a mistake for, um, it, 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 it does hurt. So when you were on honor code probation, how many, like, is there other cadets where you're going, <laughs> Oh God, what did you do? Yeah, there's other probates. And <laughs> when I was on probation, there was a massive scandal. So there was a bunch. It was like the highest we've ever had because um, it was during COVID and we were all home. And um, so there was a bunch of people doing it with me. So it was kind of like. So let me pause. Let me, because if it's during COVID and I know what my daughters, Sophia and Julia and even Joshua in eighth grade and freshman at modern day went through. Did it have something to do with cheating? Yes, it was all basically checked. Like we called it Cheggate. Okay. Um, oh, okay. <laughs> like Watergate. Like Watergate. Okay. Yeah. But what is what? What does Chegg stand for? What does Chegg stand for? I don't know. Chegg, I don't know. You go to the Air Force. <laughs> I'm out of college. It's the. I'm Chegg sure. Gate. I'm sure every every student knows what Chegg is. They've used it for. It was basically for like chemistry and physics. Oh, I know yeah, what you're like talking about. Yeah, like the website yes, that yes. like you put in a question and like yes. all these answers. Um, I didn't do that, but there was about like 300 cadets okay. that were caught in a cheating scandal with this because we were home for COVID and it, it sniped a lot of people. I just used Google Translate and my teacher got a little upset. Too, she got a little upset and then she asked me and I, I don't, I can't lie. You can't so lie because that, like, that would be the other code. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I was like, yeah, I did it. And so that's, yeah, six months. Um, and Oh, and you have to go through a remediation process for those six months. You have to write multiple journal entries every Friday afternoon um, and submit those. You have to meet with five people a month. Like, what are you writing? Like on the chalkboard, I will not <laughs> like that. They give you prompts and you have to basically reflect of like how awful you were. And it's just like another shaming tactic, but you, you get what you put into it. Um, and I... I learned a decent amount through those um, journal entries because a lot of people, especially since there's more guys at the Academy, they don't like to talk about their feelings. They don't like to write down their feelings. And so I think it helps guys in that aspect because like they learn how to like, you know, become more in touch with their emotional side, <laughs> with their emotional side for girls. I think emotional it's a bit easier. <laughs> I there's, found it there, a bit stupid. <laughs> there's, there's the positives of the, being there right, the temper emails. <laughs> All right, so what's the third code um, or probation? The third, I would say alcohol probation. Okay. This is a big one, especially underage drinking um, or drinking in the dorms. That's a big one. I just had someone in my squadron 
he um he was underage and drinking in the dorms and security forces someone in our squadron called um security forces to come in and they detained him arrested him brought him down to um our little station here at the academy and now he's going through the punishment process is that like six months oh probably getting kicked out it depends on where you're at so since he's about to be a senior probably disenrollment um if you're a freshman it's pretty much always retainment um you're gonna stay freshmen and sophomores can get away with a lot more um juniors and seniors it's pretty much you're gonna get kicked out so if you're 21 and junior and senior why don't you just go off campus that's what that's what we all think um but some people like to dorm drink because we have one on bar a one on base bar haps um has become one of my favorite places and that's a common spot but people are dumb and stupid and drink on base and they're stupid and they leave bottles in the room and they're loud and blast their music and they get in trouble so that's kind of like a user error yeah okay all right, so let's go through four and five. There's conduct aptitude. That's more of just having an attitude issue. Um, that's like your at your commander just commander's discretion. They can choose to give you civvies or um, like restricted to base. That's basically if you just have too much sass with like um, your chain of command or your commanding officer. Um, there's a lot of people that have authority <laughs> issues and have problems taking direction and um order and those are the people that usually get on those probations until they get better um that one's like not as popular and the last one it's kind of just a joke um (laughs) (laughs) i already told you about this but the the hygiene probation um believe it or not there's a lot of cadets that don't know how to clean themselves or do their laundry and it gets moldy and that's nasty it stinks i i know a girl she was a five star that's what you call me if you get on all five probations uh five so star you're a two star i'm a two star two star <laughs> two star general <laughs> kind of like a two star, two star athlete yeah you don't want to be a three star <laughs> no you're so close and sophia didn't you tell me like if you, okay obviously air force academy yes those are listening it, there's tuition free yes room and board free uh, I'm sure there's other things free, like medical insurance, dental. Yeah. We get TRICARE, free dental, uh, free eyes. Um, I don't get free contacts, which sucks. Oh, I'm sorry. Gina and Tony are going to have to pay for contacts. Really sucks. Uh, so <laughs> bottom line is it's free tuition, room and board. Now, if you screw up, it, like maybe your friend, you're saying they have to actually pay back the, if you're like a junior or senior, you have to pay back X amount. So basically at the beginning of your junior year, you have a dinner and it's called your commitment dinner, but technically you already sign away your commitment rights the first day of basic where it's, um, we call it I day in processing day. Um, you go through a bunch of paperwork and you basically sign away your rights in fine, fine little baby print that you don't have time to read. And so please do your research beforehand because if you, so, okay, we have our commitment center and that's the beginning of junior year. So basically if you show up to your first day of class as a junior, that means you have committed. And if you don't show up, then that means you're, you're leaving. So you, you show up to class, you look around, you see who's around you and be like, damn, we're really in this for (laughs) 
seven more years, huh? This is for real. Yeah. So um, there's a lot of people that drop right before that. But once you show up that day, if (laughs) it's, I think it's high risk, high reward. So when you're there, those last two years at Academy, you got to play it so safe because if anything goes wrong and you get disenrolled for any possible thing could be fratting with a freshman, which is a very common issue, like having a relationship with a freshman or being friends with them or drinking on base or cheating or wherever it may be, you um, get kicked out and you either have two options. You either have to enlist for X amount of years. Um, And I believe you go in as like a senior airman and you have to basically work it off or you pay a couple hundred thousand dollars and of money that nobody has. And um, if you get kicked out on drug charges or sexual assault charges, then you can't enlist and you have to pay and you don't keep your school credits. So yeah, don't So you can't even transfer. So bottom line is if you're a junior and senior at the Air Force Academy, Keep your eyes on the goal, focus, and your nose in the ground and stay with your inner circle. Yes. So I just, I actually had one of my best friends who graduated in class of 2020. He texted me yesterday. He's like, hey, how are you doing? I was like, I'm great. And he's like, for the love of God, please don't do anything. You have one year left. Like, like you literally said. Yeah, you do. You literally have one year left. He's like, do not screw screw up. up. And I was like, no, I promise I won't. Like senior year is like, it's the final stretch and it would just it would be the worst thing ever let's reflect sophia because you came out of modern day you were a cif all-state athlete high jump long jump triple jump and you got to go to air force as a student athlete Mm -hmm. all right so we're going to talk about this road and actually the funniest thing was most you're telling me most cadets you hear in january february that i got accepted (laughs) right yeah i'm going to the air force (laughs) Let's take it up to the signing period at Modern Day, right? You're at the table at Modern Day. You're about to sign. What happens? So I'm signing my national national letter of intent. Um, It was like a really big signing day. I think that was like the biggest signing day for like all athletes because there's the most amount of like the spring spring signing day, right? Yeah, it was in May, I believe, April. Um, so I'm sitting at the table where they're going through speeches, whatever they're, um, they're talking. And I look down at my phone and I'm getting a call from the jumps coach at the Air Force Academy. And at this point, he told me to go ahead and sign with, because the signing means nothing. It's, it's nothing. A pe- the piece of paper, the one I was signing was from Blank. 2014. Mine was from <laughs> 2014. <laughs> and it had someone else's name on it. So those, like, of you, those of you that have like, okay, at modern day, if you know that like the signing days, they make a big thing out of it. Like, and people that are preferred walk-ons are signing. I'm like, what are you signing? You're a PWO, <laughs> right? And you have the nice little hat and you have your little sweatshirt. It means nothing. Until you show up on campus. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So anyways, that that we just had to give a little commentator on that. <laughs> so the jump coach called, you see the phone ringing. Yes. Um, my, the coach that's been recruiting me this entire time, he's been recruiting me for like a year at this point. That dog's barking. It's fine. This is live. We, we just do this live. Somebody's home. Um, he's been recruiting me for about a year and I haven't gotten any solid confirmation that I've been accepted. And he told me to just go ahead and sign for the pictures. And I was like, <laughs> okay, bold move, sir. So I get a call, but obviously don't answer it because I'm in the middle of something very important. So I, pre- I sign, take all the pretty pictures um, with 
pure fear behind every smile because I know there's a missed call from my recruiting jumps coach, then it could tell me that I'm either accepted or denied. And so I break away like right after the meeting and like class is going on. I, I call him back and he said, hey, it's looking good. It's looking good. And this is but in, no in like May. solid comfort. This is May. But we get called in for basic on June 25th. And this is like late May. So I'm, uh, it's safe to say I'm pretty scared. Um, no solid confirmation. And then, cause I've been, I've been fighting for an acceptance spot because I did not have the best grades. I did not score well on my um, SAT, ACT. I am not the best student. I was purely getting in for my athletic ability and uh, my relationship with the coach and just how well I got a, um, got along with the team and our strong, like his strong recruiting process. Like he really wanted me and he was pushing so hard for me. They were, he was literally going up to the school board um, and the athletic board and being like, Hey, like I need this girl. Like I need you to push her through as hard as possible. She's still retaking. Like she has the drive. She may not have the scores, but she, she wants this. And, um, they liked it. They took a chance on me. Uh, They're trying to get me to go to the, the preparatory academy at the school, which we'll probably get to talking yep. about. Um, I was super against it because I was embarrassed. I didn't want to believe I needed an extra year of academics to get into the Air Force Academy when everyone around me was already talking like I got in. And that was the hardest part is everyone around me was talking like I already got in and I knew I wasn't in yet. So if you remember like what were your grades unweighted and what were some of your ACT or SAT scores coming out of modern day, like into your senior year? Cause May 1st is the college commitment deadline date. So um, I haven't even asked you this question, which I'll get to, but what were some of the numbers? Do you remember? Oh God. I think I was like towards the beginning of my modern day career. I think it was around like a three, five, three, six. And then I was getting to like low three Oh, okay. Like it was, average like very average i took like one ap like one honors course like it was there was nothing special i kind of just did the bare minimum and relied heavily on athletics for my sat i think i got like an 1170 like not great at all like all the kids coming into the academy they were like 13s oh higher 14s like they were all valedictorians of their school they were getting 36s and um I was just like bottom of the barrel in that sense and it made me scared because I knew it and my coach knew it and it made the recruiting process that much harder but um I told him how much I, I was very open and transparent about how much I wanted this and he was very open and transparent with me and we were communicating with each other um, every week. Um, he was writing me handwritten letters. Um, I did a recruiting <laughs> trip out to see him. Um, oh, smile. <laughs> and, um, it was a very lengthy recruiting process. Um, just because if anyone knows anything about a military academy application process, it's not just submitting an application and just waiting and hoping you get in. You have to get a nomination from your local congressman or Senate or even a presidential nomination, which is really impressive. And I did not get because I didn't even bother to apply for it. (laughs) Um, And you have to get your basically a nomination saying that like 
hey, like we think we want you. And right. that you have to go through an interview and there's a whole packet you have to submit and then you have to get an appointment, which was I, I was waiting. I got my nomination because most athletes get their nomination pretty easily, but their appointment, that's hard. That's the hard one. That's really hard. That means you got in. And I got my, it's a big blue um, type of envelope. And you when you see that in the mail, you start crying, jumping for joy. Like that's when you know you've made it. I was told I was accepted very late May. I got a call from the head coach at seven in the morning. I was, it was before class. Um, I was still asleep. I woke up to the call and he said, Sophia, what are you doing right now? I was like, sleeping, 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 sir. (laughs) And he said, well, if you're going to be an Air Force Academy cadet, you're going to have to wake up a lot earlier than this. And then I was... Then you knew. I was like, wait, did I get in? He was like, yeah, congrats. So, and I was like, oh my God, thank you. (laughs) Take away, and I want people to hear this, take away your track and field, long jump, triple jump, high jump. Yes or no? Would you get in the Air Force Academy? 100% no. So that just tells you if you want something, right, you can get to some of these universities and get educated by using athletics. Mm-hmm. Like, right? And I tell a lot of parents that. I don't care what sport it is or what university it is. At the end of the day, Sophia, no one's going to be able to take away your Air Force. Well, get through one more year. Let's not jinx it Your Air Force Academy degree right? But you use track and field to get there. Now let's fast forward because now you're entering your senior year. You're no longer on the indoor, outdoor track team. You're just, well, I'm not going to say just a cadet, but it's hard enough just being a student (laughs) to balance. Was that a challenge? Balancing that student athlete at Air Force? Oh God. My, my first semester at the academy was just a slap to the face. I came in student athlete I was a jumper and we're all required to take the same courses um in the beginning of your year it's a stem heavy school um and during the beginning I had no idea how to handle that balance I would get back from practice so basically your day is from like 6 30 in the morning to for me 8 p.m And it was even earlier than that because I had weights at 6 a.m. like three days a week and um, like weightlifting. And um, so my day was just it was packed. It you I had to wake up, weightlift, go to chemistry and physics and calculus. um, And we were required to take a foreign language and do all that. Go to lunch form up for we have to march every day at lunch and then we have as a freshman you have little to no rights you are barely a human um you're not allowed to talk without being addressed you have to report in every time like at lunch and you (laughs) you're not really a person it's a job it's a job and um, being a D one athlete's a job. I tell everybody that. Yeah, and then after that, I would have still have class, and then I would go to practice, and then I have to go to recovery and all of that, and then finally head up to my room, like barely getting a meal in uh, for dinner, and then go to my room and 
do homework but being too exhausted and wanting to get sleep because you have to wake up in the morning and go to minutes and have upperclassmen scream and yell at you in the morning and like you have to study your knowledge the night before um there is so many aspects that go into a cadet's day-to-day life that i i had no idea i didn't even think it was important because when you're recruited to a military academy a lot of coaches leave out those details a lot of football coaches especially for the academies um they have the highest dropout rate because they basically say oh you don't even have to go through basic like you barely have to do it um you barely have to do any military stuff it's a very small portion of your day so let's talk about the pressure and the stress because how many cadets came in your freshman class about 1200 1200 how many are there today barely 900 so those 300 that aren't there kicked out or dropped out on their own both okay because it's very high stress Mm -hmm. press uh the resilience Mm -hmm. right we talked about that how many times did sophia chermani think about leaving the air force academy wanting to leave the air force academy i don't think i ever wanted to leave i was more so prepping myself to leave by staying one step ahead of the game because i really believed i was going to get kicked out on multiple occasions and not until my sophomore year my second semester sophomore year i started filling out applications to other schools and i started reopening the common app and my uh uc portals and everything like that I was you, like, it, is it the same God. portal that you had back in modern yeah day? really <laughs> yeah i opened it back up and i was like this was not what i was hoping to i was hoping to never open this thing back up again well one thing you that i'm learning is it's all about preparation right? Because mm-hmm. you have to prepare. Yeah. Right. So let me ask you this, because I don't even think I've asked you this question. If you didn't get into the Air Force Academy, where were you going to go to school? Um. So I verbally committed. So when you go to a military academy, you can verbally commit to two schools. This is the only exception for military academies because they know you're waiting on an appointment. So I verbally committed to UC Davis and then UC- UCLA was also a very heavy option, but UC Davis was going to be my other school i told the coach i was like hey if i don't get into the academy i'm coming to you and if i do i'm going like if i do get into the academy i'm going to them and he was like that's fine like he was very understanding and was ucla in play um it was more so in the beginning but then like it slowly like faded with the coaching and it wasn't i could see myself there but not as like an athlete I Got didn't want to be like pushed through the system as just another number. Um, I knew that if I wasn't doing track, I would get booted. Um, and then fi- same thing, right? <laughs> yeah. Um, finances come into play as well. Were they, they offering any money? No. Okay. UC Davis offering money? They, I'm trying to remember what they were offering. It was very small if they did. Right. But they, I had a better connection. I went on a visit. I went on a visit to UCLA. I went on a visit to Berkeley. I hated Berkeley when I visited there. Why? Um, Love the coach, but it's just not a school I could see myself being it's at. It's different. I really thought I wanted to for a while because it had it had the name, it had the status. Um, and when I visited, I was like, oh dear God! Like I visited a bunch of schools, and I I did not like Berkeley. So let's get back to the Air Force Academy. What do you love about the Air Force Academy, the campus? Like we've talked about the toughness, right? Mm-hmm. 
but people are listening. They're probably going to say, well, they're probably sure. so turned off at this point. I, I, about I, well, if they're really, if they really want to have the grit and heart, they're like, wait, there, there has to be some good stuff. So if you didn't like Cal Berkeley or you didn't see yourself fitting in or the struggle, you know, you talked about UCLA, I mean, Air Force Academy, I told you, I got to the front gate. I can get, Mr. Fong, Fonger can get in anywhere. I couldn't oh, get into sure. the Air Force Academy. I might have to, I'm gonna have to sneak on the graduation field. But what is there, the, the, the beauty, the, the view of Air Force Academy is great. So let's hear it from you. Let's take me through, if I would have gotten through the gates, okay? Walk me through visually, let's paint the picture of Air Force Academy in Colorado Springs. God, this is, the most beautiful place I think you could ever stumble across, especially for a military base. Oh my God. It is technically the most massive, like the biggest college campus in the US. I mean, it is a military base, so they have to have that. But your whole backdrop is beautiful, just mountains covering it. Um, we're right at the the bottom. So like we literally like cadets go hiking all the time on there's like Pikes Peak and there's um eagle's peak like right there we have oh my god it is since it is a newer academy and um it's the newest military academy everything's up to date the the chapel unfortunately that's what we're known for our um i heard i saw pictures it is oh my god i fell in love with it when i came there but unfortunately it's under construction right now so there's a big white box Okay. So I don't think I'll be able to see the chapel. I saw it beginning of my freshman year and I probably won't be able to see it again until after I graduate. But um, this school just, it has so much history and just beauty, but still remaining modern. And there's so many facilities and oh my God, like even our golf course is gorgeous, but everyone knows the Air Force always has the best golf courses. So um oh my you just have to like <laughs> now it there's the athletic overview and the athletic or the academic overview which you see just the stunning athletic facilities or the massive academic buildings and classes correct mm -hmm. it's a pretty small so we have all of our academics in one big building it's called fairchild what makes it kind of nice you don't have to go like across campus to go to class it, everything's all in the same area the dorms are split up into like four big squares and we're all connected in the middle with like a giant walking ground it's called the tizo the terrazzo and there's four planes on each corner and it's everything's so close and then the athletic fields are on the other side and there is there's so much over there because i mean we host so many like right now we're hosting like summer camps with a bunch of kids that are there right now we're hosting summer seminar which i did before i came in there and that's when i really got to see the campus before i took my visit i signed up for the summer seminar my best friend shout out to keely she's actually working it right now and it's just a bunch of high school students um that can see what it's like to be a cadet for a week and um i think that's when i really got my taste and i really like fell in love with the academy and just living in the dorms and kind of experiencing like what it's like and seeing the classrooms like they're very small classrooms which i love they just they really they really know how to take care of you i think it's so much better than like personally like west point or the naval academy because it's like a happier environment i think those other academies it's a bit more somber 
and yes there is history and beautiful architecture but i think this place really like i don't know it there's a different different atmosphere when you like you walk in um like i don't feel super sad whenever i have to go back now like which you're going back in a couple days so that's why friday yeah (laughs) so the dorm right when you're freshman what dorm did you live in so we're split up into squadrons um i was in squadron 17 that's my baby squadron i was there for two years and then you moved to a different squadron now i'm in squadron 40 there's 40 total squadrons so i'm in the very last squadron and it's split up randomly um there's no real science behind it males and females but different floors um like in your squadron like now where you're living because obviously you're uh, heading into your senior year you're still in the dorms mm-hmm. yeah right? we're, we're in the dorms all four years um i live next to other guys in my squadron different grades like we all live on the same floor um whatever your squadron is you live so there's a hundred people per squadron there's four thousand people at the school there's a hundred people per squadron and there's about 25 per grade Got it. If you can kind of like visualize that. All right. So I know. Okay. So those are that are listening because they're most of my guests or people that are following. They go to universities, mm-hmm. state schools, whatever. They talk about drinking, fraternity parties, um, hooking up, walk of shame. So if you're living, okay, junior seniors, walk me through the process because obviously you can't have any alcohol on campus mm-hmm. or in the dorms. But what about the fraternizing between the cadets, like? There's only ten percent females, so the living situations are people try are do they hook up and they just don't get caught, or they get caught and then they are on honor code, or do they just not do anything? <laughs> um, Good question, huh? Yeah. I actually want to know. <laughs> if you get caught with a person of the opposite sex in your room, and there's obviously something going on, um, you uh, you get in a lot of trouble. Honor code. Uh, you get on some type of probation or kicked out. Um, they don't tolerate that at all. But it's so you have officers and enlisted members that are in charge of you walking around at all times of the day. So like it's never like you're in complete privacy. There's people everywhere and there's very thin walls. You can hear conversations going all the time and even a bit more. So if someone does get caught, it's a very big deal, especially a big issue we have is upperclassmen this seems to be the bigger issue is upperclassmen guys going for freshman girls and that is completely not allowed and if that if that gets found out or the um the couple gets caught then it's usually upperclassmen gets in severe probation or kicked out and the freshman usually gets a slap on the wrist got it yeah that's a very big big issue you see happening and even just friendships between a freshman and upperclassmen there's a very strict relationship you have to maintain with a freshman we call them duallys um that's the name for them like plebes and whatever um but that is a very very common issue you see it all the time we get reprimanded about it all the time even like it it is so well i'm sure because i mean the cat debts have been there third year fourth year it's kind of like in high school oh let's see the freshman class coming in (laughs) (laughs) okay so what's the hardest part like i've always wanted to know because there's the physical aspect of being a cadet but just the grind or the toughness we talked about mental toughness so those of you you know 
most of my followers and listeners, they graduate CDM High School, Newport Harbor High School, or Modern Day. And I've always said Modern Day is kind of, you know, they're soft kids. They are soft. Okay. Thank I was you. soft. Okay, you, okay. Wait. Did you think you were hot shit coming to high school? Oh my God. I thought I was the coolest person to walk the face of the earth. I, I really thought my shit didn't stink. Like I, I thought I could do no wrong. Like okay. I truly believed it too. I thought it was the coolest person. And then you get, you step foot on campus. Then what happens? Oh, How do you get humbleized? First day of basic. I was, I was so greatly humbled um, because I was given a bag that weighed more than my, my body weight and had to carry it for hours during that day. And I almost passed out and the the medical cadet had to come over and give me a granola bar and sit me down and make sure I didn't pass out because he said I just looked pathetic out there. <laughs> and later to know that the rest of the people I was in basic with, they didn't think I was gonna make it because they thought I was some dumb blonde girl from Southern California that got here just because of athletics and like mommy and daddy and stuff like that. So my best friend told me that's what she thought when I was going through, ba I went through basic with her and that's what she told me her perspective was. And you showed him now you're in your fourth year. <laughs> Yeah, I'm like, I'm still here. So <laughs> thank God. Let's talk about the, um, because I didn't know about this, the preparatory. So after you graduate high school, is it kind of like the the red shirt year or the mm -hmm. gray year or the gap year? It's a preparatory before you enter Air Force. How many cadets? Who's that for? Talk to me about that. Okay. So we have the preparatory academy and it's on base right next to the actual, like our actual academy. So um, you share the same area um, and it's called Preparatory Academy or we call it the P. Um, and there's a lot of other prep schools that incoming cadets can go to. There's, um, oh my God, I'm blanking on them. They're, they're all over the place and you can go to them as well and then get into the academy. We also have a lot of people that are prior enlisted and then go to the academy. Um, there's multiple routes you can go to before and like, I keep referencing her, but my best friend, she went to a civilian school for a year and then went to um, the academy, but the specifically the prep school. I wish I went there. If I could redo anything, that's what I, that's what I would have done because, Why? because looking back on it before getting to the academy, I was embarrassed. I didn't want to be known for going to a prep school to need extra academic help because I didn't like I was insecure about my academics and um, just my intelligence in general. And I I didn't want to be seen for needing like a little extra help like that. And my recruiting coaches, they were pushing for me to go there, even though there was no track team. So I would have to train by myself for a year and work kind of with the team on my own. Um, so that was a big issue. But there are like there a lot of football players go there ahead of time. A lot of soccer players go there ahead of time because they have teams that you can play on and it directly um, translates into the academy. But the big pluses for going, which I had no idea. I wish I talked to someone that was at the prep school because um, you make so many friends. There's about, I want to say there's like 200, there's like 200 people you're there with um, from all over and you become instant best friends with all of them you form such close relationships that when you join the academy you already know about like 200 people that um are there right beside you and plus when you go to that basic for prep school it's super short and you learn a lot but um 
it's it's a really short basic you go through like a bmt it's really short and when you go through actual basic for the academy it's double the length but you already know all the basics and you're one step ahead of everyone else which is something i wish i had like knowing how to make beds knowing simple quotes like knowing just how the military works you get like an easy insight to uh, into it see now if you had the student manager to listen to <laughs> you would know about this class now if anyone i know that is smart enough or athletic enough to get in the air force academy i'm gonna tell them like you need to go to preparatory school it's so much easier to get into too like i could have got okay i could have gotten into the prep school yeah. without track so this could be any high school student can apply there um in a way so usually when you apply for the academy they they can defer you to um go to the prep school first right so that's usually what happens when you apply they'll be like okay you're not good enough to come to us just yet so go to the prep school first got it so that's usually how it goes um and i just i probably would have made it just solely on academics to the prep school or they would have just told me no so all right, you said something. This is cr crazy because I always think about my kids. They never make their bed. Okay, so as a cadet, do you have to make your bed every single morning? So there's <laughs> tricks. So Okay, tell us the tricks. <laughs> Freshman year, this is when I tell you it is it is no joke. Like I, you couldn't pay me to redo freshman year again. That Even the COVID cut it short. But Thank um, God for COVID. Yeah, thank God. But that was like the hardest year um my entire life and um because you you don't have a lot of your rights and one of them is you have to have a perfectly made bed every morning and you aren't really allowed to have stuff in your room and like our doors are open for multiple hours during the day for other cadets to come in and inspect and grade and so it has to look good and then the rest of the people in your squadron and your chain of command as a freshman um they'll walk around and see it and if you have like a shittily made bed like they're gonna go in tear up your bed and then during a training session like later that week they're gonna ream you for it like that's just a simple little thing but also it's just it may seem stupid but I think it's important to know how to make something as simple as a bed and making sure that hospital corner is crisp and it's 18 inches from the headboard and a six inch fold and like those little those little things are super important because not because you're going to make like a bed like that in the future, but to pay attention to detail like that and to know how to get those little things right is super important. And starting with making your bed is the easiest thing you could do. It's the first thing you do in the morning. And, um, but as a freshman, you learn the tips and tricks around it. So you work smarter, not harder. Like, come on. And, um, so you just, some people I know, they would just sleep on the floor. <laughs> okay. Um, the night before, we have Sammy's or Saturday um, AM inspections. Um, I would sleep on the floor because we get graded super hard on those. Um, and so, yeah, it's like it's, on the hard floor. Yeah. Like you, you have a mattress topper or like a couple blankets. And you use just, a jacket. Yeah. You just crash on the floor. <laughs> okay. Here's a funny question because it seems like when kids come back home from college, they revert to their old selves, right? So oh, when yeah. you go back home to Gina and Tony's house, are you making your bed in the morning? Oh God, no. My room is, a, <laughs> oh my God. You don't even want to see my, I, my room. Thank you. At the Thank Academy you for being honest. It's so, I, I'm a neat freak. I'm a ask my roommate like i need everything to be in its perfect place my bed is made like every morning um like everything is where it needs. like i'm a very like ocd person at school 
oh my God, you don't even want to see my room right now. Like, and I love it. Like, I love that there's stuff literally everywhere. I'm sleeping with all of my clothes just spread out everywhere and my room looks awful and there's old bottles and food everywhere. Like, like a normal, like a normal 21 year old. Yeah. <laughs> right. All right. So when Tony and Gina, Tony and Gina, by the way, that's Sophia's mom and dad. <laughs> yeah. When they're in town, where are they taking you and your f- inner circle? Cause you only have, you, we talked about the inner circle, right? Like yeah. your tight friends, where are they taking you to dinner? Okay. So it's more so me taking them places. So being an upperclassman at the Academy, it's, you learn a lot about your area because your freshman and sophomore year, you're not allowed to have a car. So you don't get to go out a lot and you just have to beg upperclassmen for cars. But now that I finally have a car, it's a cute little bug. If anyone was wondering the one that you drove here. <laughs> no, no, no. I have a little oh, white you have bug. A, okay. And it's, it's, out it's there. at the Academy. Did yeah. My you? mom drove it out there. Okay. Yeah. So you easily find like really fun spots. You go to Denver a lot. Um, okay. local restaurants. I found a bunch of like really cool speakeasies, speakeasies in the area. I've taken my parents before. I'm going to take them again. Uh, when they come out for parents weekend in a couple months just any local restaurants but i like taking them to the speakeasies i'm what's what's the top speakeasy there uh, it's called illusions um it's like a themed speakeasy every couple months um it's been harry potter it's been disney princesses and villains uh lord of the rings and it's in colorado springs yeah it's hidden behind a ramen restaurant i found it on tiktok use tiktok to find any hidden little bar restaurant in your area and i'm also like i found another place on tiktok um it's a drag bar down the street and i'm gonna take my parents when they come out here and we're gonna that's go watch some drag and get drunk together (laughs) so what what's the top bar you said haps or hops but what's your favorite bar um it has to be in denver there's a lot of like clubs that we like to go to in denver um being turning 21 is probably the best thing that ever happened to me because you're not afraid to get caught anymore. Like that fear of getting like caught at the Academy just is always lingering. So once you're 21 or if you have like a fake or something, it's, it's definitely, <laughs> it's definitely better. Um, Dirk Bentley, a whiskey row is like a really popular one. Top 14, um, Tony's bar in the Springs. That's a really popular one. Um, oh, furries has a lot of fun karaoke, but, um, icons is my favorite. I think that's my favorite because it's a drag bar. Okay. Is um, that the one you're taking to Tony and G? Yeah. Yeah. Icons? I've been to a couple okay. of times. I've taken people in my squad. I've taken a lot of straight guys there and they love it. They pretend to be gay and they get free shots. Um, and or the tricks of the trade. There really is. And, um, you know, you won't run into other cadets there too, which is a huge thing. <laughs> so I guess when you explore outside, of the campus or Colorado Springs, if you're going to Denver, you probably feel is it a little more, you not relax, but people know you're not a cadet. Yeah. As compared, if you're in Colorado Springs and you're a female hanging out with a lot of guys, or if it's just like three or four girls, they're probably knowing you're a cadet. Yeah. And because the only thing guys wear is Air Force gear. <laughs> and so it just, it's a dead giveaway, especially freshman year. They have shaved heads and so like it's another dead giveaway but it's like a weird thing it's like when you hear someone asking like a harvard kid or stanford kid like oh like where do you go to school and they're like oh this like little town over here and it's like you go to harvard just say it 
Like I'm not a, I'm not equating the academy to Harvard, but it's like the same kind of embarrassment because if you go to the academy, like someone's like, oh, like where do you go to school? It's like it's like the academy, and it's like oh, okay, oh, you're like, one of them. Yeah, you're one of them, and it's like because I it is like I'm super proud to go there. Like I wouldn't want to be anywhere else, but it's also like it's just like a weird thing because people are gonna look different. They, they see you a little like, differently. Yeah. Like, ooh. Like, they have higher standards and... Well, they, they do. Yeah. <laughs> they expect different things from you. And so it's kind of just like... And it's like a different... It's a completely different lifestyle that some people may not agree with. They don't agree with a military lifestyle. And that's fine. So what's your responsibilities or a job? Like, what's your title? So this previous semester, I was superintendent of my squadron. And that just means... Um, our squadrons filled with like a hundred people and I was the highest ranking. I was a senior master sergeant. Dang. Yeah. Um, now you're really the big time shit. <laughs> oh God. I wouldn't don't mess that. With, <laughs> don't mess with the sergeant. Shit, I'm on here. <laughs> oh God. But uh, I was basically just like the secondhand um, man to our squadron commander and just dealt with everything under the sun when it came to issues with people and squad people getting in trouble um, coming up with new ideas a big thing for us was implementing new um ways to incorporate like mental health uh, awareness that was a big thing for me and my squadron commander we worked very heavily on um together and just making sure the squadron runs smoothly and stays afloat so if i'm a freshman cadet what do i call you um you would call me a cadet, senior master sergeant, Sophia R. Cheramonte. Hold on, I just forgot that. I have to call you <laughs> cadet, senior master sergeant, Sophia Cheramonte. Sophia R. Cheramonte. Oh, Sophia R. Cheramonte. If and I then mess superintendent. What? Superintendent? Yeah. Cadet, senior master, Sophia R. Cheramonte, superintendent. Close. I would, <laughs> I'd so be on code already. That's like a typical, like you have greetings when you're a freshman. When you see an upperclassman in the hallway, you have to do a full greeting of their rank. Well, yeah, address them, their rank, their first, middle, and last name, and then their squadron job. Can you, like, if I was a junior, senior, I'd want to haze people. Not haze people, but I'd be like... Mess with them? Yes. Yeah. Oh, Do all the like, time. Oh, my God. Who am God. I? <laughs> <laughs> no, it's, like, the funniest thing ever, messing with them. Like, obviously, in moderation, like, there are cases where they get out of hand, and that's where you get in trouble. Okay. Um, there is a lot of hazing incidents because people do take advantage of the vulnerability and the stupidness of a freshman because they're just like, they're just not all there. Can you tell someone like drop down and give me 20? That used to be a thing. Yeah. Oh, really? Like just <laughs> like, you, oh, you misgreeted me drop and give me 20. <laughs> but now if you do that, you have to do it with them. Oh, I would do it. Yeah. Like hundred <laughs> percent. Yeah. Okay. So let's role play. Like show me. How do I phrase this? Like I see the, like the, the drill sergeants or the movies, like, Pretend I'm a, a plebe or a freshman or a cadet. Like, let's role play. Like, how tough can you be to me? I, I don't even know. I haven't gone through this with you, but can we do a role play scenario? <laughs> sure. Okay. I, I'm just typically not mean to. F well, you don't have to be mean, but just how would it be? Like, so give me the scenario. What are we doing? I'll just go with you. Um, We're walking in the hallway. Okay. I'm walking to my room and I pass by you and you don't greet me. You All just right. look up and look down. Hi. Or do I even say that? Oh my God. I think, I think it would, that'd be like an only instance where I would drop you. Okay. I would well, never I'm just trying to be nice. I'm just saying hi. <laughs> or do I pretend like a, okay, can I walk on campus with a phone? Like, 
Oh, God, no. Oh, shoot. Then my daughters would never make it to Air Force because <laughs> they call me when they're walking on campus. Oh, well, you can't do that in uniform for any military like, okay. member. Well, there you go for those. All right. So let's say I'm walking and I walk by you. Let's continue. Oh, God. <laughs> You're I, in character now. Oh, I can't. Oh, my God. I would I would just lay into you. Just I have, Lay into me then. Oh, my God. Get in character, Sophia. <laughs> You're on campus. <laughs> You're at the Air Force Academy. Oh I want to see how tough it is. Oh I want to see you be mean to me. Oh, my God. That's saved for basic. I'm working basic, actually. Um, All right. This is good practice. God, I hope nobody sees this. <laughs> no. All right. She's getting in character. She's about to do the side jump. Cadet Fong, are you kidding me? Uh, no, ma'am. Are you serious? <laughs> that was... Can't. This is so funny. <laughs> did I you like. just go to attention? <laughs> yeah, yes, I did. If, okay, those of you, uh, we're in a podcast here, but I went like, he is that what they do? to attention, yeah. No, ma'am. <laughs> Give me a full greeting. Good morning. Oh, shit. Good morning, uh, Lieutenant uh, Commander, Superintendent Sophia Archer, Mani. I'm sorry, I forgot it. That's embarrassing on your part. Oh my God. I promise what I don't know if I say prop. I will not <laughs> let this happen again. Okay, fine. Go on with your day. Like Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> but did you see how intense you got? Are you serious, cadet? <laughs> <laughs> like, so okay, so I'm working basic in when I come back on Friday, like okay. I I applied for this job as flight commander and so 30 basics are going to come in and like they're going to be mine basically to yell at and train and top I gun <laughs> think do not do yeah or do do not think <laughs> <laughs> and um we've had a bunch of training for it and like even like voice training to like learn how to you know properly like um Properly, like, yell and, like, use, like, your drill voice and whatever. But during the Accurate, it's not as hard. Especially, well, in the beginning, it is because you're kind of coming off basic. But later on, like, upperclassmen, just they just mess with freshmen. Because there's that underlying respect that they have for you. Um, I think it's mostly out of fear. Mostly. Because oh, they, yes. don't, they don't know what could happen. But I've, I've had a lot of instances where, like, I'm coming back to squad. And there's... 10 upperclassmen standing at our in the middle of squadron and I have to greet all of them and I don't know and I just get lit up like oh my god I did not know any of their names and I'm just standing there and they're all screaming at me like to high heavens can you swear no that's okay. the one big thing I'm okay. struggling with because I'd coming. be like are you fucking kidding me yeah commander Sophia Archer money what the like right like the it's it's a really hard thing to get by that i'm working on okay. not cussing because i i i have a sailor's mouth and it's so bad and i i wonder where you got that from yeah i wonder where i got that from <laughs> gina all right so let's switch modes here because it's going on with a lot of colleges emotional intelligence you talked about that in terms of like just that stress and pressure because i think high school students need to hear this parents need to hear this um, because when you do go to college, you do have that, wherever it is, you have that stress and the pressure. And I think my kids talk about it a lot back when your parents and I were going to school, like emotional intelligence. Yeah. Like emotion. There's no, 
we we kind of just we never talked about it. So how big is it on campus? And I'm sure there's a lot more. Well, let's just get right to the point. Stanford has one of the highest suicide rates. Mm-hmm. Where does Air Force fall? The sad part is it's not uncommon when you hear about it. Um, during COVID, we had two seniors um, commit suicide. Um, and well, one of them was kind of an accident, though. And there's a lot of attempts that are brushed under the rug. Um Every semester, I hear about maybe five attempts, um, whether it be pills or about to jump or um, um, just anything under the face of the earth. And we have this like anonymous app. It's called Yodel. And I, I don't know if other schools, they have versions of it. But you you hear people and they're like, I, I want to end my life. And okay. um, people are like messaging under the app and being like, don't do this. You have so much to live for. We have so many free resources that are available and that I've utilized pretty much every resource under the face of the earth for mental health. And, um, it is such a sad pressing issue. That's, uh, there's so many cadets I know that they do scare me if I don't hear from them in a couple days or weeks. And I'm like, okay, let's, let's do a check-in. So do you text them? Do you knock on their door? Both, all the above, whatever I can do at the time or whatever's, um, I guess, just easiest to get a hold of them. Um, Just because people are very, very private with their mental health. And since there is mainly guys at the academy, uh, there is a higher stigma in the military um, and at the academy for talking about your mental health and working on it and bettering yourself because the biggest fear they have is losing their jobs they a lot of people want to become pilots and they need the tip-top people in tip-top shape but they're they don't know if they're going to say the wrong thing and become um, disqualified and they don't know until they actually go through it and it's scary of how just how unaware people are with the resources they have and I don't know is I just I, I find it really sad and you can't force someone to get help they have to want to get help right so and and the mental the mental health of it like okay so let's go to Sophia Chermani through when you're saying your freshman year was your hardest or like your toughest points what were some of your toughest times and did you ever have those thoughts and did what did you do like with your peers or even your family so freshman year I was still in my my little bubble um I was pretty happy I didn't let a lot affect me even though um I was suffering academically I still saw the brighter side of things and then towards the end of my first semester freshman year I was brought into a council pretty much um for being academically deficient I had to present myself in front of a board of officers plead my case to let me stay and that's when I was like finally starting to like realize like oh shit, like this is real. Like I'm like, they could kick me out. Like I could be sent home and my parents could be super disappointed in me. And I know they wouldn't, but like those thoughts start racing through your head. Like the people in like my neighborhood and my old classmates are going to be like, oh, like we knew Soph couldn't do it. Like whatever. And like that girl that saw you carrying the bag. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) God. Um, But it would, 
it just raises a whole new fear of failure because nobody wants to fail, especially out of the academy because it's such a proud moment to be there. And so after that, um, that little academic scare, I like started working on myself, bettering myself and then COVID hit. And then during COVID, I kind of took a turn for me. I kind of like everything slowed down, like life, life was at a halt. I'm sure everyone knows. And I kind of was falling into like a weird pattern, but I couldn't properly address it. Um, and I was slowly becoming depressed and I had no idea what that felt like. I had no idea to identify it. I was just like, Oh, that's weird. I don't feel like myself. And then I came back for summer at the Academy and it was slowly starting to get worse. And I was having like weird panic attacks. And I was like, why am I literally upset over nothing? Like I just, I, I felt like I had no purpose in life and I kept, that was the only explanation. And I was like, I don't know why, like I'm even here. And then I started moving along with, I came into my sophomore year and I was still academically deficient and uh, I was almost kicked out again at the end of the first semester of my sophomore year, but I, I skated by. There was no committee I had to go in front of. And then my second semester sophomore year, this was the worst semester I've ever had. Um, I addressed that I, I was severely depressed and I didn't, my, I had the motivation to stay at the academy I worked the hardest I've ever worked in my entire life. Um, I think <laughs> I worked as hard as for that semester. I think I worked as hard as anyone, like any average student did for all four years at the Academy. I think I put it all into all that one semester. semester. Yeah. Okay. Like it was, it was insane. I, that's when I finally, I quit the team right before that, the track team. And, um, there was issues down at the track team. I was filing a case with security forces. So I had that weighing on me with another person and I was also depressed and I slowly uh, was developing medical issues and um, I decided to seek out help. I told my I told my mom over winter break, I was like, I think I'm going to start therapy. And I slowly started and um, they brought me to a bunch of different resources and because uh, it's all free, which is super helpful. And uh most colleges have free mm -hmm. mental health like counseling, but people don't take advantage of it. I no, and I don't think a lot of people even know where to start. That's the biggest issue. And so I started at um, a little place just to rant about, and then she put me in another uh, facility on base, and we talked about it and set me up with a team of doctors and got me on medication and got me... like I was talking to multiple therapists for different issues, and then it hit me later that they told me I wanted to go pilot for so long. And they told me I wasn't pilot qualified because I couldn't get a waiver in time. Mm -hmm. And that, that hurt. That was like a slap to the face. I felt like you guys should have told me this before I came in. I felt so, um, I felt so betrayed by the Academy at that time. And I've never felt that way. I thought they always had my best interests at heart and they really have. But that moment I, was like are you kidding me like you can't just tell that to a 20 something year old girl with so many dreams like that like that's so painful especially like being here and working that hard and um looking back on it like I'm glad they did because I think like even now if I was put in a position as a pilot like I the all those previous things could be re-triggered and I could develop them again and I 
I, it just wouldn't be safe for me or smart for me. And it wouldn't be safe or smart for the people around me because it's all about completing the mission and doing it with your team and making sure they're safe and you're safe. And it could propose a risk. And I don't, I don't want to be that risk for the, the team and the mission. And, um, they're just doing what they had to do. And I, looking back, I like, I respect them for it, but they could have handled it differently. And that's why I make it a really big goal of mine to inform people around me, especially for wanting to be in the military or people in the military is informing them that there are options. You just have to know what you're getting yourself into and talk to the people you need to talk to before it happens and use hypotheticals always that saves you in the military. So give, given hypothetical. Mm -hmm. So like hypothetically, like you go to your commander, like you say, sir, hypothetically, if I'm feeling really sad and I think I'm depressed, um, where do I start and how will this affect my future career as a cadet and then an officer? And they can give you a hypothetical answer. And I think that has saved me so many times and provide me with like a lot of comfort knowing like, okay, like you could talk about it with someone (laughs) and nothing's like set in stone because that's the tricky part with the military is there's a lot of people you got to report to. And sometimes the people you need to talk to, to get that information, they're mandatory reporters and they have to, it it always proposes a risk and it's really scary. So what advice recommendation would you give to, it could be high school students too, but incoming college kids that may go through, you know, issues that they have are how do they talk to somebody or even parents that may think their, their, their child is going through something that potentially needs help. What, what advice would you give? To really, I would say to, to really know and try to learn who you are as a person before trying to I guess help other people that's something that I started doing when I was coming to the academy I thought I could like help the other people around me first before helping myself and that's something you should never ever do I thought I was fine and I was like oh the other people need my help more you couldn't you cannot be a team player if you're not taking care of yourself and some people do that because they're avoiding helping themselves because it's harder. You have to be vulnerable. You have to be open and you have to really learn who you are. And a lot of people, young people, they don't know who they are. And you have to find out in different ways. And um, it's not the same route for everyone. And it took for me to learn myself to go through so many hardships and learning how to grow and become resilient through that that's how I learned who I was for myself but other people it takes so many other things and for parents it's just to sit back and let your kid go through the motions and trust that they have it but still be there for them and check in and really like don't be afraid to ask the scary questions like how are you doing mentally today like how is your mental toughness like can do you think you can truly handle this by yourself? And I'm here if you ever need it, but you don't want to you don't want to be a helicopter parent because that just pushes you just push them away even more. And if you're too distant, they don't feel like they can come to you. You have to let them know and honestly relate to them. Tell them how it was for you when you were their age. And if it wasn't similar, tell them a time where you needed to be mentally tough and where you were struggling. I think that's a tactic I use a lot is I'm very open about my journey and how I went through that process. I tell the freshmen that I tell 
pretty much i don't care who knows because if it can help just one person absolutely like that's enough no mental health is so huge i talk to my kids about it a lot because i didn't really experience it in college i only think i experience it now because i'm just a happy guy but <laughs> i think you know i'm going to tell every parent this and, and student this because i ask the tough questions and i think i told you there's like you can fix everything in life right you can fix mm -hmm. everything in life except one thing and i always ask you know my kids i go do you ever think of, you're not thinking about suicide are you no daddy like why would i ever do but those are questions parents need to ask mm -hmm. because then you can have that open conversation right yeah like if gina or tony asked you that like sophia if you're my daughter like sophia are you are you mentally are you okay like are you, are you thinking suicidal thoughts like then wouldn't you feel open just to have a conversation a hundred percent and i think it's different for especially our like my parents generation and your generation because that wasn't a very no. popular thing to even talk about and address and now with our generation i think it's become such a, a more of a comfortable thing to even talk about. Yes. So I'm really proud of our generation for that to become really aware, but moving forward than just being aware is actually doing something about it. And you, you can talk the talk, but like personally, I think everyone needs therapy. Like I don't care who you are. I think yeah. therapy benefits anyone. Like I was in it for like a year and it was like the best thing that ever happened to me. I learned so much about myself and what I want as a person and as a leader and just, I feel so much more well-rounded with that aspect. And a lot of people are so terrified of it because they don't want to learn those off, like those like little things about themselves. And this isn't like shitting on the military. Like even though I came in happy and I went through those like really low points at the Academy, this can happen at any college, any university. And it's not just the Air Force Academy. I just think, especially my school and a military Academy, it, progresses your growth so quickly i've grown up faster than i ever could have imagined in three years and um it you see a lot of that ugliness in the beginning and then you could work on it and grow and um really just better yourself but it happens it happens everywhere so i want to reiterate that it happens everywhere because yeah. i've talked to many many students mm -hmm. and parents and we talk about mental health and i've had counselors on that talk about mental health sophia i've known you since you were little like indian <laughs> princess i like i'm amazed you're one of the longest podcasts i have just because you're very you have real stories interesting experiences to share that i think can help everybody and, and you said it if you could just only help one person mm -hmm. it that's huge impact I'm going to tease us up because obviously you're going to come on my hiring manager one day. And those are short <laughs> episodes because you're going to conquer the world. You can be, I don't, I, I don't even think I've asked you, we could tease it up right now. What, like, what's your career goal? What do you want to do after? So it now, was a pilot. It was, it was a helicopter. It was like being me. a helicopter pilot. Yeah. <laughs> but now I want to become um, an acquisitions officer in either the air force or space force. I put in for both and I'll find out in a couple months. So, so that's going to be the teaser. I'm teasing it up. That's right. For the hiring manager. We're going to talk about her process of how, see, I didn't even know there's space. Like <laughs> I just always thought it was the air, right? Air mm -hmm. force or there's space officers. And I guess there are, um, <laughs> And Lisa, I know that we both had the same dream. I wanted to, again, Delta Flight 252. This is Captain <laughs> Fong. We're landing on runway 25 left. Like, I was, I still, I love airplanes and I love flying, but I'd rather have someone fly me now. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right? It's been amazing having you on, the student manager. You've shared some great stories, insight. 
uh, not only the academy, but just real life, like college, right? And fun. I still, the, the role playing, I will always remember. <laughs> oh God, I can't believe you made me do that. <laughs> so for another episode of Fonger News, thank you, Sophia Chermani, for joining Air Force Academy. Go Falcons. Let's go Falcons. Yeah. <laughs>